You're listening to Precinct 444, a podcast network from the National Law Enforcement Museum. Today we're bringing you an episode from the Encore series, where we revisit past museum programs and conversations. We're getting a head start on our observation of Black History Month this year with today's episode of Encore. In this episode, we're going back to February 25th, 2021, when the National Law Enforcement Museum and the National Organization of Black Law Enforcement Executives, or NOBLE, hosted a special event that featured a discussion highlighting ways to support black law enforcement officers and encourage new recruits to join the force and protect our communities. This panel discussion examined the potential double backlash that black police officers face in the profession and suggests specific pathways officers can follow to help change the culture inside agencies to result in a more positive perception of the law enforcement community by the public. Our panelists also consider whether the black community supports black law enforcement and if agencies and departments should work toward recruiting officers that better reflect the communities they serve. They consider the impact that this practice could have on preventing crime and building trust between law enforcement and the community. This program was moderated by Lorenzo Boyd, Vice President for Diversity and Inclusion and Chief Diversity Officer at the University of New Haven. And he was joined by Sheriff Marion Brown of the Dallas County, Texas Sheriff's Department, Chief Ernest Finley of the Montgomery, Alabama Police Department, Chief Jeffrey Glover of the Tempe, Arizona Police Department, Sheriff Melody Maddox of the DeKalb County, Georgia Sheriff's Office, and Shamari Williams, Managing Partner at Verizon. This program has been divided into three parts. In part one, you will be introduced to our panelists and hear them consider and discuss the first pressing question of the discussion. Do communities of color support law enforcement and does that support, or even lack of support, change after major incidents occur? Tune in for part two on February 1st as the discussion continues. And now for part one of Between Black and Blue, Complexity Within the Black Law Enforcement Community. Thank you for the National Law Enforcement Museum and thank you to Noble, but more importantly, thank you to the panelists that are here to share their knowledge and thank you for everyone that uh, tuned in virtually through uh, Facebook or other platforms. Let me first start off by saying that this panel is not like other panels that you've seen. Typically, we see panels that will have police chiefs from a particular area or that will have sheriffs, but it's extremely rare that we'll have sitting sheriffs, sitting police chiefs, and have uh, business partners together in the same room talking about the same issue. Today, we're talking about support for Black police officers, Black law enforcement. So without further ado, let me start off by introducing you to the uh, panel that we have uh, with us today. First of all, from DeKalb County, Georgia, we have Sheriff Melody Maddox. Sheriff Maddox is the 50th Sheriff of DeKalb County and makes history being the first woman to hold the office. As a 28 year law enforcement veteran, Sheriff Maddox began her career with the DeKalb County Sheriff's Office, going on to serve both the city of Atlanta and the DeKalb County Police Department. In 2008, she created the Public Safety Office for the DeKalb Technical College, now Georgia Piedmont Technical College, first serving as Assistant Chief of Police and subsequently becoming the college's first female Chief of Police. She left in 2013 to pursue election as the DeKalb County Sheriff in 2014. 
In early 2019, Sheriff Maddox returned to DeKalb County Sheriff's Office as the Chief of Administration. On July 1st of 2019, she was appointed as Deputy Chief, the highest ranking non-elected position in the agency. She was responsible for the planning and administration of the jail, the court, as well as field and training operations. Sheriff Maddox is post-certified and is certified as a defensive tactics instructor and received a certificate in hostage negotiation. Sheriff Maddox is the recipient of numerous community awards and has been recognized for her exemplary community service on the Trinity Broadcasting Network and the Ivy Leaf, the official magazine of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. She's been on local television and radio outlets, as well as being on the cover of numerous magazines and newspapers. In 2019, Women Looking Ahead magazine named her one of Georgia's most powerful and influential law enforcement officers. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Sheriff Melody Maddox. Next, we have Sheriff Marion Brown from Dallas County, Texas. Sheriff Brown began her law enforcement career in 1988 with the Duncanville, Texas Police Department, and she was quite the pioneer, being the first African-American female police officer there. She rose quickly through the ranks. Her experience includes serving as the first line supervisor, formulating and supervising the community-oriented policing unit, and positions including crime prevention and community relations, patrol watch commander, criminal investigations commander, and assistant chief of police. Sheriff Brown holds a master peace officer certification from the Texas Commission on Law Enforcement. She is a graduate of the International Law Enforcement Institute's Command College, as well as the FBI National Academy Associates Command College, and she received training in the special investigation topics, crime prevention, hostage negotiation, and she holds an instructor certificate. Sheriff Brown takes pride in using her expertise to educate the community and promote partnerships that foster genuine and positive relationships between the police and the communities they serve. Ladies and gentlemen, Sheriff Marion Brown. Next, we have Chief Ernest Findlay of Montgomery, Alabama Police Department. Chief Finley Jr. knew as a child that policing would be his life's work. He joined the Atlanta Police Department in 1986 after serving in the U.S. Army and completed his college career at Rutgers, the State University of New Jersey. His years with the Atlanta Police Department introduced him to neighborhood policing, narcotics, sex crimes, the Red Dog Drug Unit, and community policing. He moved up in the ranks at Atlanta Police he was promoted to sergeant in 1993, lieutenant in 1998, major 2003, and became deputy chief in 2010. As deputy police chief, he served as the field operations division commander and directed the largest division of the police department. In 2013, he commanded the community service division in preparing and implementing short-term and long-term strategies for four sections of Atlanta PD's overall responsibility. Chief Finley was appointed the 13th Chief of Police in Montgomery 
on December 14th, 2014. Ladies and gentlemen, Chief Ernest Finley. And next we have from Tempe, Arizona, Chief Jeffrey Glover. Interim Chief Jeffrey Glover began his career with the Tempe Police Department in October of 1999. He has over 20 years of law enforcement experience. He has steadily worked his way through the ranks, serving the department in a variety of capacities. He worked as a field training officer, providing recruits with mentorship and insight into the department. He was a narcotics detective, crime prevention detective, media relations sergeant, patrol lieutenant, detention manager, acting commander, and acting commander over 21st century policing. He also served the department as commander over the criminal and special investigations division to include homicide, narcotics, and SWAT prior to his retirement from the department in February of 2020. But in October of 2020, he returned to the Tempe Police Department as the interim chief of police. From his rich work experience, Chief Glover has provided diversity training and firsthand knowledge of the African-American perspective on community policing. He has emphasized promoting community involvement and education and provides instruction on various topics, including leadership, ethics and professionalism, team dynamics, fair and impartial policing, cultural awareness, and diversity. Ladies and gentlemen, Chief Jeffrey Glover. And finally, we're really happy to have our, our private uh, partnership with Verizon, we have Mr. Shamari Williams, a managing partner of Verizon. Mr. Williams is highly skilled. He's a highly skilled visionary leader with over 20 years of experience as a coalition builder within the public sector and the private sector. He's been known for his exceptional team building and development, contract negotiations, wireless and wireline cross-team collaboration, customer service and retention, project management, and community relations. Ladies and gentlemen, from Verizon, Mr. Shamari Williams. So if we will, Sheriff Maddox, the first question is for you. Based on your ample experience, how much do you think communities of color support black law enforcement and does that support change based on major incidents? Thank you for that question. First of all, let me say um, thank you to President Williams, also to Noble and the National Law Enforcement Memorial um, for this candid conversation. And also thank you to you for moderating this. But to answer the question is, I think for the most part that communities of colors want to be a part of law enforcement. And unfortunately is that, you know, as, as Blacks in the community, there, there's a um, level of distrust there. And it comes from all the incidents that you have that you see take that have taken place over the past couple of months or even years. But this understand one thing: this is not something that has just started. This has been going on for years. It's just now with all the cameras and the media and everything out there. Um, now we get to see more of of it. So we look at that, and the what we have to do is what can we do. What can we do, especially being a, you know, an African-American female in law enforcement and one of the top law enforcement officers in the county or more so in the state, we have to get more involved. We as the leaders have to get out in the community and change that uh, dynamics and the outlook for law enforcement 
And it's making it a little harder for us to um, do that because of all the past. But I think when we go out there in the community and we as the leaders show who we are and that they can trust us, then the community is going to say, well, if I can trust the sheriff and the chief, then I know I can trust the people that they have working for them because we're going to groom our people with the same ideas and thoughts that we have to be the leader that we want them to be in the community. But to answer the questions, yes, it's, we want to be a, a part of it. And I've had individuals to call me and I've had inmates to um, secretly give me information because they want to assist, but they don't trust law enforcement, regardless of whether they're black or white, they just don't trust individuals anymore that wears this badge. And that has been taken away from us. And we've got to work together and all of us on this panel, it's an honor to be on here so that we can work together to gain that trust because what affects one community is definitely gonna affect another community, regardless of what state or city that you live in. Excellent answer. Thank you for that. Chief Glover. Yes, um, thank you. And uh, I really appreciate this is an honor to be on this panel, um, to be with such distinguished uh, individuals on this panel is just amazing. And uh, I'll, I'll start off by saying that, you know, in my experience, I mean, it's definitely uh, something that our community members are very supportive of, of Blacks in law enforcement. And, and there's definitely a need for, for us to uh, be a part of this, uh, this profession. Um, you know, we, as uh, Sheriff Maddox had explained, you know, from a historical perspective, you know, we see some of the different issues that have come up over the years where uh, in history, um, you know, you go back to major incidents that have occurred and that has a, that has a, uh, an impact on how we are viewed, you know, together, you know, in terms of, you know, that, that trust dynamic. And so we have to work extremely hard to continue to try and build those relationships back up because we are not going to get the benefit of the doubt. And sometimes even um, as black police officers, you know, we're going to be even more critical of, of our own people because there's that greater expectation uh, on us to say that, hey, you know, are, are they and they're doing the right thing? You know, are you setting that example? Are you leading by example and, and, and setting the tone for that behavior? And so it's important for us to, to make sure that, you know, we are trying to keep that community engagement and ensuring that, you know, that we are being seen and we're visible out there. And uh, we're creating that, that re those relationships and those strong connections uh, within the community. Um, it, can't can't really emphasize that more because right now, uh, especially as things have waned in terms of support for law enforcement, people are hungry for change and they're hungry for reform. And so we have to be a part of that and we have to drive that narrative. Excellent, thank you, thank you. Sheriff Brown, what's your thought on it? Can you talk about the amount of support that you see for black law enforcement? Yes, thank you, doctor. Um, I think that um, as a whole, uh, African-American people want to see African-American people policing their communities. I think that sometimes that position can waver based on an incident, as you ask. I think it can waver, but I think that as a whole, we wanna see folks who look like us. And the reason being is that we tend to understand those little intricacies, if you will, about our group. And so we're not so prone to be nervous about uh, encounters with people who look like us. And so I think that not only do we want 
uh, representation, but it is absolutely necessary that we have appropriate representation within law enforcement. Excellent, excellent. Mr. Williams, your perspective as a corporate sponsor, first of all, thank you and thank Verizon, but your perspective is a little different being outside of uniform. So can you talk to me about what you think you see as far as support for black law enforcement? Absolutely. First, let me just start by thanking President Williams and to the Noble Organization for inviting me. This is a very distinguished uh, panel and I am deeply appreciative to be part of this. And I will just say, let me also just start by saying, you know, Martin Luther King stated, the time is always right to do what is right. And I think this is a perfect time to really tackle this issue. So many things going on in our community. I'll tell you that Verizon's position and how we support law enforcement, uh, particularly the Noble Organization, is so important. Public-private partnerships are critical to enhancing and delivering the kind of community, uh, you know, uh, the, the ability to draw trust, the ability to protect uh, our community is super important. And that is the delivery of information and the many tools and resources that we deliver to law enforcement across the nation, uh, both in federal and state and local to help support that all important mission. And I'll just say that um, you know, the Verizon has a public safety outreach program. Uh, we invested in well over uh, 12 years ago. Uh, and that started, um, you know, in addition to that, we also started over 11 years ago uh, in supporting the National Law Enforcement Officer uh, Memorial Fund and Museum, obviously uh, the, the uh, host here today. And uh, we just believe it's so very important and vital uh, to uh, you know, this, this community at large to make sure that you know, public-private partnerships are front and center to how we support the community. And so, you know, for, for example, I'll also speak on the Fallen Officer Fund uh, this is um, one of those unfortunate ones, uh, but it is so important uh, because when an officer is killed in line of duty, Verizon gives the beneficiary of the officer a donation. These funds are usually delivered to the family within 72 hours of the unfortunate and tragic deaths of, of an officer. Over 2.2 million has been donated to date. So we believe that this is really, really important uh, to be there in support, uh, uh, not only in times of tragedy, but particularly in times of, uh, you know, when the sun is shining, right? Every day we need to be there front and center and doing our part uh, to help deliver uh, a safer community. And, and we are very, very honored to do that here today. Excellent, great reason to support Verizon. So thank you for that and thank Verizon for uh, all that you're doing. Chief Finley, I'm gonna bring you into this question. The question is, based on your experience, how much do you think communities of color support black law enforcement and how does that support change based on major incidents? Well, I, I think that they do. And uh, the thing that as black, as black police officers, we gotta stay in the mix. And so it's not a one and done. We got to constantly um, be in those communities. We got to constantly be in those churches, in those schools, good times and bad times, good times and bad times. We got to show that we are professional and that we care. And we show that we care um, by um, being in those communities and really being a part of those communities. And so the issue um, that we do have is that when we have that us against them attitude and we got to break that that. Uh, um, that sense of us against them in those silos and really get engaged. And the thing that, that I, it resonates with me 
um, being in Montgomery, that a lot of my officers are from Montgomery and they're from these neighborhoods. And when we have those, uh, those crisis situations in those neighborhoods, we got relatives, we got families, we got friends, and that really helps out. And so you got to have skin in the game. You got to be committed to want to be around uh, people uh, that support and love you. But the mere fact that this is a predominantly Black community, um, Black city, um, that love goes a long ways when you uh, provide that service, that uh, professional service to them. Thank you for tuning in to this special revisit of Black and Blue, Complexity Within the Black Law Enforcement Community where we heard from our esteemed panelists on the support of law enforcement within communities of color. Join us next time as the discussion continues around the relationship between law enforcement and the community, and how this relationship can be better served and supported. For more information on this program, follow the link in the episode description. As always, thanks to Christopher Mitchell, our manager of digital content and strategy for producing today's episode. And many thanks to you for listening to this episode of Encore, a show from Precinct 444, a podcast by the National Law Enforcement Museum. We hope you learned something from this episode of Encore and will join us again on February 1st, 2023 for part two of Black and Blue, Complexity Within the Black Law Enforcement Community. Please subscribe to Precinct 444 on your favorite podcasting platform to stay connected and to receive our latest content as soon as it drops. We would love to hear from you. Send in your questions, comments, and feedback to precinct444 at nleomf.org. You can help us make our content even better. The National Law Enforcement Museum is located at 444 East Street Northwest in Washington, D.C., and is dedicated to telling the story of American law enforcement. We expand and enrich the relationship between law enforcement and the community through educational journeys, immersive exhibitions, and insightful programs. Find us online at lawenforcementmuseum.org and stay tuned for more podcast content from Precinct 444. Until next time, stay safe. We'll see you at the precinct. Precinct.